This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create positive change in the world every day by being a conscious consumer. I'm your host, Laura Alexandra Wittig, founder of Brightly.eco, and I started this podcast a few years ago because I wanted a place to talk about the gray areas around sustainability and how being a conscious consumer can be challenging and confusing but it's totally doable. So join me in the name of reducing waste and living positively in the name of the planet. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Good together, listeners. Um, as you know, every time I do an intro, I say I'm excited for somebody to come on, but this time I am absolutely pumped because if you know me, you know I'm all about reducing food waste in your house and meal prepping, I think, is a secret tool, or maybe not so secret for some, <laughs> like our guest today, but it's a tool that really can help you cut down food waste, regain a little bit of your mental sanity um, every evening after work. Um, and it's, it, there's definitely an art to the process. Um, and so this week I'm joined by somebody who knows that entire process extremely well. Um, Deanie Klein is the founder of Prep and Rally. Um, and so Deanie's help, we're going to figure out how to do some stress fuel meal prepping. Um, and we're just getting into it. Um, so welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Laura. I'm so excited to be on here. Yes. So I wonder if you could just get us started with a, a little bit of an intro as to yourself and sort of like what you've been up to lately. Yes, definitely. So I really started in fashion. I grew up loving everything in the arts. My dad is always very crafty, he did woodworking in the basement. We had like a little workshop and we do metalworking, woodworking. Uh, we always had a garden growing up. So a lot of really fun, creative things that I picked up on um, throughout my childhood and I fell in love with. And ended up going into art and design, fashion, and then that shifted into fashion merchandising because I kind of got turned off of the fashion industry once I was at FIT in New York. Um, and then I started watching the Food Network religiously. And I was like, wow, food is so creative. I love to cook. Maybe there's something there. Like maybe it's not fashion, maybe it's food. Uh, so I started just kind of like playing around in the kitchen. I started a food blog. Um, I did this like this summer culinary course. And through that course, I got my first private chef client. Uh, and I started doing that. And I saw that Jada De Laurentiis got started by working as a private chef, because instead of doing a full four on like four year culinary school, um, really, everyone just kept telling me just get started on the job, just start working for clients, start working in restaurants, and just build up that credibility. And then yeah. you know what can happen after that. So, uh, yes, that's what I did. I worked at the restaurant for a little bit and I started working as a private chef and I did that for eight years. Oh, wow. Which is wild. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But while I was private chefing, 
I realized that I was neglecting my own family, kind of like how they say the shoemaker's kids have no shoes. Yeah, there you go. We all do it, though. Yes. <laughs> we all do yes, it. Yes, yeah. exactly. And every chef that I speak to, I'm always like, okay, so what does your own family eat? And they're like, yeah, we eat pasta and cereal, obviously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just the way it goes. You come home after cooking all day long, and the last thing you feel like doing is feeding your own family. Um, but after just years of cereal and just really easy you know, not the healthiest dinners. Yeah. And once I had kids, I was like, I just got to get it together, you yeah. know, make a plan. So I started meal prepping at the start of the week before the chaos of my work kind of set in on Monday. Yeah. I would just prep staple, like easy things. I would take some rice and make a batch of rice. I would roast some plain broccoli. I would grill a bunch of chicken. So I had it for the week yeah. just so that I could stock my fridge with something as a starting point. And that way, when I came home from cooking for clients and the last thing I felt like doing was cooking or being on my feet, I was able to just simply take things out of the fridge, mix and match them into different combinations. So the chicken could be a burrito one day and maybe it's a grain bowl the next or yeah. it could be a sandwich or, you know, and there were so many different things you could do with it. Um, and I realized I was kind of onto something. It was feeding my family. I was saving a ton of money. I was able to come home and eat well. My husband, who can literally make a bowl of cereal, and that's the extent <laughs> of his cooking ability, was able to also assemble things. So when I came home from work, dinner was on the table because oh, it was so nice. already ready, right? So even yeah. though I set it up, he was able to kind of execute. And That's awesome. And I mean, yeah, wait, there's so many different like partner dynamics too. I mean, like some people have the opposite where like their husband's the one doing the cooking and they're like, I'm overwhelmed because I'm uh, the one doing so nine nice. to five. So yes. it's, it is really nice to be able, I feel like, to, to tag team. Um, and the other thing I was going to mention too is I would bet, I, I would also just say that like during your time as a private chef, you were probably doing this for other people, right? Exactly. Like, I feel like that's a big yep. part of being a private chef. Um, I remember when um, we, I just had my first daughter about 20, she's about 20 months old. Oh, um, baby, and, yes, so cute. Yes. Wow. So you're in the uh, thick of it. Yes, absolutely. And I just remember, um, you know, looking at that type of service. I mean, it wasn't really within our budget, um, but we also, I was curious. I was like, oh, I didn't know you could like have somebody come in to help you basically prep your meals for the week. Um, and so really what what meal prepping does and really maybe the service that you're offering now with Prep and Rally is it kind of allows everybody to have that awesome helping hand without spending a ton of money. Um, and, you know, because most of us can do that prep work as long as there's, you know, instructions. And so, I mean, you know, for me, the whole, there's just so many benefits to meal prepping. Um, you know, like we said, saves you time really reduces food waste. Like you just mentioned, um, you know, the ability to mix and match things. I love that because I, I feel like the old way that I used to go to shop at the grocery was like one ingredient for one recipe. Yes. You're buying a whole head of parsley for one. Exactly. Recipe. What happens uh, with the rest of it? Exactly. exactly. And you don't yep. know what to do with it because you're maybe, maybe you don't use parsley very much. Um, and so then it sits in the back of the fridge and then it goes bad. So it's, it, there's a lot of, I think, um, satisfaction that seems to happen with me and my family as we, we cut down on that food waste. Um, you know, and we're, and the reason, again, listeners, like why food waste is, is important is because there's so much time, energy, resources, et cetera, that goes into growing food. Um, and just, you know, having that, you know, path from like, you know, the farm to your plate, there's a lot of resources that go into that. So, that the very least we can do as consumers, I feel like, is to actually just eat what we have, right? <laughs> Definitely. Yes. No, you nailed it. And just making a plan for the week, just generally knowing what you're going to be making, 
you know, wrapping out your meal so that you know that you're going to use some parsley in the chicken tagine and the other half is going to go into your, you know, your dressing, your green goddess dressing later in the week. So just kind of going in with some sort of rough plan um, is the best way to really reduce your food waste and be most efficient. Like when I was working as a private chef, you want to be able to go into the person's house, cook, clean, get out as quickly as possible. And that's really what I wrote my cookbook, the Prep and Rally cookbook, all about is just getting you in and out of the kitchen as quickly as possible so you could spend the rest of your time and your life like enjoying doing the things you want to do. I yeah, don't want to exactly. be in the kitchen all day long. I don't think anyone does, you know? No, no. And we want healthy things. And I think that if you, uh, um, listeners, if you've ever been on the path of, you know, okay, I've been making too much pasta or like too many things that aren't necessarily the healthiest stuff or maybe been eating out too much, I do feel like there's, we all have those moments from in our lives. And so then, yeah, you, you're kind of left being like, well, what's next? Um, and I think that oftentimes when we start to consider more healthy eating, it just seems overwhelming, um, especially because the amount of fresh ingredients that are required to be healthy. So the more that we can like maybe even reduce the amount of things you're, you're even having to buy, right? It's going to save some money um, and save a little bit of sanity we're going, the better. Um, so, I mean, let's get into it. Like, let's, let's talk a little bit more about like the system, like a general system that you recommend people doing. And then I'd love to hear more about like, yeah, like maybe some some more tips and tricks, some favorite recipes. Like let's 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 talk about yes, it all. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. I'm here for it cuz honestly like I love the system. It's really helped me so much in my personal life. So much so that I knew it could help other busy families get through the week. I felt like I was drowning. And yeah. I was like I work in the food space. So like I'm good at this and I kind of enjoy being in the kitchen, but imagine someone who doesn't or who's not creative or who works a nine to five, comes home and is so exhausted, doesn't want to look at the fridge, but is starving and they're just going to order takeout. So, right, like this could really benefit somebody. So that's why I turned it into the Prep and Rally, like digital meal prep service. And then the book came out in September, which is basically the same concept. So the way it works is at the start of the week, you're prepping a set amount of staples. It could be three staples at the start of the week, if that's what works for you then. But my general idea is seven to eight staples at the start of the week. And I'm not talking complicated. I'm talking like throw some broccoli in a pot and just steam it if you want. Or you could roast it if you prefer or throw it in the air fryer. Or maybe you're just prepping it and putting it in the fridge and you're going to cook it fresh later in the week. Do whatever works for you. It's all about making modifications to make it work for your schedule and your family. So you're prepping basic staples. You're making a simple plain batch of rice, a double batch of grilled chicken. Maybe you're making one soup. Uh, Very simple things. And then you're storing that all the way for the week in the fridge. Everything is labeled and you have everything ready to go. And you have a whole plan on how you're going to mix and match them throughout the week to create unique meals. So I'm not talking like chicken and broccoli that you portion out into those little storage containers that have like the dividers, you know what I mean? Where it's like you're eating chicken and broccoli for Absolutely. three days straight. No, yeah, thank yeah, you. No. I and then that's gross. That. I, I mean, I can't with that. I'm, I'm, I'm like you. Actually, no, it's not, listeners, it is gross to me. It, so many people do this. Sorry. Like, but to me, I'm one of those people that really likes to have variety in what yes. I eat. So, yes, like, I, I, this is such a good, like, tangent for us to go off on for a second yes. because I think <laughs> when a lot of people hear meal prep, that's what they think. That's what they think. They of. think if you Google it, that's what will come mm-hmm. up. Or it's a paleo meal prep or it's yes. a gluten-free, but this is really for families. And that's really what my niche is and what made Prep and Rally so unique was that this is the meal prep for the busy family to help you get through. And not only is it great for the kids because they can have the plain rice with the plain chicken while you take the rice and the chicken, put the sauce on it to make a really great like grain bowl or 
you know, chicken, like a tiki chicken or something. Yes. Um, but everyone could really mix and match it so that it works for them because they're all individual staples. Exactly. Individual items. And everyone could really build their own meal, which not only reduces food waste, gives you variety, but it allows your kids to eat really well because they feel like they're choosing what's for dinner because they get to decide what they want to put on their plate based on what's in the fridge. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I feel like, you know, again, this is like a good myth busting for people because yes, it's not like, here's the same meal we're going to prep for five meals over. It's it's going to be something that you can mix and match. Okay. So you talked about, you get your, those staples prepped and then I would imagine you, um, so, so listeners, um, Dini's company has lots of, you know, recipes and things available for, um, folks that have signed up for her program, but I would imagine, how do you go about this? Do you like theme it? Is it like, Ooh, this week is um like Moroccan style food, or like how how do you think about that? Or I'm mean, that's silly. You yeah, I mean way. it depends. I, I feel like if I did that, kind of like eating chicken and broccoli all week, you would kind of get tired of the same food palette all week long. So yes, I always try to include a variety of items. Okay, fish. If fish is ever on the menu, it's always the first day that yeah. um, that you serve it. So let's exactly. say you're just marinating it on Sunday, or you're you know topping it with you know parsley, whatever, putting it in the fridge, and you're cooking it fresh the next day. The fish is always on Monday at the start of the week, and I always yep. recommend you know eating that first. Um, the next day or two is any chicken or meat if that's on the menu, and then by the time Thursday rolls around, it's usually taking something from your prep, like either the dressing or maybe it's some roasted broccoli, turning it into something completely new and different, like making a broccoli pesto out of it to go over like a fresh omelet. So it's always somewhat of a fresh meal using some component from Sunday, so you don't have to do all the cooking from scratch. Yeah, that makes total sense. And actually, um, you know, I think that you just mentioned, I think like a total like secret hack for food waste prevention, which is making pesto out of things that are yes. other than basil. <laughs> yep, exactly. Right? And I give a lot of tips and tricks on how to reduce food waste. And in the Prep and Rally cookbook, I have a whole section on how to use up your leftovers and even like a really cute infographic, which I could totally send you later if you want to share it. It's so oh, fun. Yeah. Where it basically inspires you like put it in a bun, throw it in a taco, put it in a waffle press. Um, and then I have a whole list of like chicken, make a chicken salad, make a, um, you know, chicken and rice bake, like all these different things that you can do with very common leftovers. And the main point is just to inspire you to use up what you have to get creative instead of serving the same chicken, turn it into taquitos the next day, right? Your kids will love them. Nobody will ever know that this was the same chicken as last night because you've transformed it. And to me, the creative process of transforming something and turning into something completely new. That's what really excites me about what I do every day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I mean, I think that makes total sense. And for me, I, one of the like weird, I would say like contrarian things that I've learned with trying to reduce food waste and, uh, in my everyday cooking is like having kids is such a forcing function (laughs) for like getting better at this because sometimes they like things, sometimes they don't. And you know, the old way I think was to get mad and like throw it away and then eventually make a macaroni or whatever. And like, that's what a lot of us grew up with. Right. And you know what we can do now with like a little bit more creativity and obviously like a lot more knowledge sharing amongst all of us because of social media, we can get more creative. You're right. To where it's like, okay, you know what? You didn't eat that chicken. Maybe we gave you some like roast chicken with some vegetables. Well, you didn't eat that. Okay. Well, let's take that and put in a quesadilla or a taquito or somebody like that later. And like, you're a kiddo, you're not going to (laughs) care. You're you're not going to know you're not going to care. 
And as a matter of fact, like you, as, as you, as you get more into this, you start to care less as an adult too. Like you're like, if you're like picky and like, okay, well, I really only want like super fresh stuff all the time. Like you start to realize that like, number one, you can still be creative with this reuse, but you also realize number two, it's not like every single restaurant's doing every single thing a hundred percent from scratch every exactly. time you go either. No, right. Like, and I imagine all. that's a big, that's probably a big learning that you had working in the food industry. Oh, right? Yes. <laughs> it's very hard to eat at a restaurant after you work in a restaurant. Oh God. I'll say that. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. Well, it makes sense because I mean, there's no rate. I mean, there's no way that they could operate like that. Right. There's like, no they, way. I mean, they call it mise en place. Everything has to be prepped and somewhat ready to go. Like the chicken's already half baked and then they just finish it in the oven. Yep. But yep. that's what this is about. It's the only way you can be efficient um, and still turn out great food with efficiency. You have to have everything prepped, ready to go, even if you're, and there are options. Like if you wanted to cook everything completely on Sunday, by all means, go for it. Uh, but you could also just marinate it and have it ready to throw in the oven the time, like the second the kids come back from school or camp and it's ready in 10 minutes, right? Yeah. So it's really just modifying it to make it work for you. And I have a whole section in the book as well, all about feeding picky eaters because all of my followers and really all of my subscribers for the most part are parents. And it's always a struggle to feed your kids, but I have all my best tips and tricks there. And I always say creating and prepping different meals every week really helps kids be more adventurous because they're not stuck in the same like taco Tuesday and pasta on Monday and pizza on Friday. It's every day is wild card. So they just get used to that as their norm. Like you never know what's going to be for dinner. So they become more open to tasting things, which I think is really cool. Absolutely. And something that you just said now, like reminded me too, that, you know, when we're talking about mise-en-place and and, and keeping people like their sanity and stuff, for the most part, we're talking about women. (laughs) And for the most part, we're talking about moms to some extent, like, obviously, we have a variety of folks that listen to the show. And so even if you're, you're not um, a woman or a a mom or whatever, you, of course, can learn from all these things. But I I do want to like, you know, press on this a little bit, just because I, I think a lot about the, we talk about like emotional labor and all these types of things that, you know, traditionally, women or moms have had to do in society. And I think one of those um, unrealistic, unattainable type um, expectations has been, you know, the homekeeper who, you know, has a fresh meal on the table every single night. Um, and a lot of us are now moms who are working, we have or, or we just have a lot going on. It's really, really not super sustainable. And so, you know, if you think about it, like restaurants don't even do this, like we just said. <laughs> so right. like, why should you as the, you know, per- provider of meals for your family, whoever you are, have to do it. Um, And that applies to people in all different types of situations. You might be somebody who is, um, you know, a trader on Wall Street that has like crazy hours um, and you don't have time to do, you know, cook for yourself either. So I think it's just something where it's not only is it good for the environment, um, but it's also just, I think, good for society if we all learn to meal prep a little bit more, right? Totally. <laughs> yes. And it doesn't have to be complicated. Like we're not no. talking about like multiple courses or sauces that are simmering for hours. We're talking such basic things. And I always recommend, you know, cheating and creating some shortcuts for yourself if you need one week. Like if you need to buy a rotisserie chicken at the store to then create your taquitos and your grain bowl for the week, by all means do that. If that's what works for you this week, you're still going to be able to create a homemade meal, feel really good about feeding your family 
you know, something for the most part that's fresh and homemade and not from a, grocery, uh, a restaurant, yeah. right? If there, maybe you can't make your own homemade dressing that week, so you buy something, fine. But keep it simple. Keep it really fresh and seasonal. And once you learn how to do it and you start on that path, then you could take it for the rest of your life and really get creative, reduce your food waste, be able to pull out your vegetable bin and be like, oh, I can make a veggie pasta if I want out of this. Or I can yeah. turn it into a great soup. I don't want to hit the garbage. Today, I took out strawberries from the fridge and they're like, some of them are rotten, but I was like, you know what? I'm not throwing this out. I will go through them and whatever's still good, I'll throw in the freezer for smoothies, right? Yeah. So knowing what you can do with things to preserve as much as possible is key. I actually did the same thing with my strawberries this morning. And what we did with them is we also had some bananas that were overripe. And I used to, like in my family, if we had overripe bananas, that meant make banana bread. Banana and we bread. love banana mm -hmm. bread, but yeah. it also takes kind of a while to bake. And like, sometimes it's kind of unwieldy in terms of like getting it to cook properly, which I think is totally dependent on how many bananas you use. And, you know, there's mm -hmm. like kind of like some weird baking. I'm not a huge baker because I think it, it for all of those reasons. Yeah. So I what I'm not baking either. I'm more yeah. of a cook, more creative. Yeah, yeah me too. It's never my thing. Me too. So <laughs> instead of like having this like banana bread anxiety, what I did is I took, I blended up the bananas, the strawberries that were still good. Um, with some like oats and flour and we made um, waffles uh, this morning. Yeah, um, that sounds killer. And they were really good. Um, my daughter loves them. And I typically, I actually, when we went through baby led weaning, I had like learned a bunch of these like, you know, simple sort of like uh, toddler or, you know, baby friendly solid meals. And we were just became obsessed with these little waffle meals. So we actually um, bought like a, a waffle maker. Um, so yeah, just tossed, tossed it in the waffle maker. We had, I think, I think I got like 12 or 14 or so waffles. So we're just going to freeze them. Right. And so I when, love that when we need breakfast, like we're just going to, you know, defrost them and, and go on with our business. But I mean, you're right. It, so it is something that like you have, you do have to get a few of these recipes or a few of these like techniques under your belt, like yes. making no waffles or making pesto out of random um, vegetables actually tell us a little bit more about dressings because that's one that I haven't really cracked. And it kind of like, I guess it just intimidates me. Cause I, I guess that I just growing up all the dressings we would eat were out of a, you know, a, a mm -hmm. bottle, right? Yeah. It's like the wishbone. Totally. Oh, totally. And it doesn't even taste good. <laughs> I know. I was actually, I was just <laughs> talking about it yesterday. I was on yeah. set with like taste made in Pinterest and studio doing one of my meal plans, which was oh, so cool. much fun. And I was making a sauce. It was like the easiest cilantro, like creamy cilantro sauce. And it was yeah. like literally just like mayo, cilantro, a whole bunch of lemon juice, um, salt, pepper, some garlic. That was it. And the key to making a great dressing is number one, to have an immersion blender. Do you have one? Yes, we do. We love immersion blenders. Okay. Didn't know this. Never heard this Greatest before. Greatest thing in the world. So yep. make sure you have an immersion blender. And for storage containers and for making dressings, I always use wide mouth mason jars yep. because it fits the head of the immersion blender right in there. Okay. So whether you want to blend up your strawberries quickly without messing up, like dirtying up your whole blender, yeah. you could just put your strawberries into the wide mouth mason jar, put your immersion blender, and it's the quickest thing to do, quickest thing to clean. Uh, but I make all my dressings in those mason jars. You could throw a full clove of garlic in there, full yeah. herbs, everything. And by blending it with an immersion blender, it also like emulsifies it really nicely for you. Yep. And um, yeah, and then once you start making your dressings, you'll like kind of get a sense of different ratios, but I'm all about tasting. So as long as you are tasting as you go, 
and knowing how to layer and build flavors, like to know when maybe I need a little bit more acid or maybe I need a little bit yep. more salt. Um, that is really the key. And if, if, and when I ever write another book, I really want it to be all about cooking without recipes and how to build and layer flavors, how to entertain easily and stress-free because really, if you're not tasting your food, you're not confident serving your food. No, either. you're not. That's I totally always say, true. Like, even if you're feeding your family, if you come out with like a pasta dish, you're like, I hope you like it guys. That doesn't sound very confident. Like if you went to a restaurant and the waiter was like, I hope you like this. You're not going to, you're going to think, wait, did, did they spit in it? Like what, what is the problem with this? And why don't you think I'm going to love it? No, the waiters are always very enthusiastic. Like, oh, this is the best possible menu. You're going to love it. Yeah. I hope you enjoy. Please enjoy. Right. A lot so, of that is what we grew up with too, right? We have right. to remember like, you know, we are, our moms and our caregivers, like it was just totally different time. You know, obviously we, a lot of us that are, you know, millennial age, like we also grew up with, with parents who were used to doing more like quick fixes, et cetera. But yes. you're right. There wasn't a lot of tasting as you go, et cetera. And the thing that I'll mention too, is I've been so inspired by, um, Samran Nosrat, um, who does, uh, you know, salt, fat, acid, heat. Yes. Um, and mm -hmm. I talked about this book and this series before on the, um, on the podcast, but just that's always in my brain, like salt, fat, acid, and then heat, you know, it is what it is. Sometimes you're not making something that needs to be cooked necessarily, but mm -hmm. I, every time I make a recipe, that's what I'm thinking. And when I go to have that last taste, almost, I want to say, gosh, probably 60 to 70% of the time, if I've used a recipe, I have to add some kind of acid at yes. the end because oh my it just I'm doesn't. I'm constantly adding right? lemon and lime. Always. Yes. yes. Lemon, lime. And actually, I'm not like a huge vinegar person, but I found that red wine vinegar just used very sparingly can also help. Like it's actually amazing at the end. If you've made a soup, you put just like the tiniest a bit tiny of. tiny touch. Yeah. You know, because it'll, it just lifts it up. And that's to me, when you talking about serving family and friends and they come over, that's what makes them be like, oh my God, this exactly. is so When you good. go to a restaurant, what makes it so great is like that punchy acid or like having enough salt. Most people do yeah. not use enough salt because they're scared of it. Yeah. Restaurant food happens to be very salty and that's why it's addicting and delicious. Yeah. So just make sure you're tasting and seasoning. And the only way to know is by tasting it. So taste your food. You will gain more confidence um, and you'll be able to serve your food confidently. And you'll know yeah. what things are supposed to taste like, how you can, you know, modify and switch it up to make it taste better if it's not perfect, right? And this way you don't have to depend so much on recipes because, you know, every salt brand is different. Some salts are saltier than others, right? Like every Absolutely. salt seasons things differently. Every oven cooks at slightly different temperatures. So being aware of all of this, being knowledgeable um, and just getting a lot of practice really helps you build that confidence. You can cook Look like a master. Yeah. And so tell me a little bit more about Prep and Rally's like two different offerings. So you've got your cookbook out and then you also have a um, subscription service, right? And listeners, um, th this is not a sponsored podcast or anything by any means, but I'm curious to know how, if people want to learn more and they want to get involved more, like what are the different ways, right? Maybe some people don't want to do a subscription, so they just go out and do the cookbook or they follow you on Instagram. Um, she's at Prep and Rally. She's got so many amazing um, videos and like free oh, resources you. there. So like, yeah, what what are the different ways that people can get involved with, with your brand and your tips? Because, hey, I'm loving it. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, some people prefer a book method, but yes. obviously the book is you know, a set amount of recipes. The yeah. website is cool because we're constantly introducing new recipes, new meal plans. And there's a whole section on 
full meal plans that really walk you through step-by-step, step, take you through a full grocery list. Um, the grocery lists are customizable as well. So you can adjust the grocery list and you can adjust your serving size. Okay. Um, and that works you through the full meal plan. And if you are an annual member, you get access to the past year of archives. So if you don't like, you know, what I suggest making this week, you can always look back at the past 52 weeks and see uh, which other one you want to prep, or you could kind of look through with your family and see what everyone is kind of leaning towards this week and get everyone involved in the process, which is a really great way to, to get your family eating well as yeah. well. Um, but the cookbook obviously has like all the tips and tricks. And I really put all my essentials um, to really help you get started on this meal prepping journal. Like the whole intro is all about the method and how it works. And I really dive into, you know, feeding kids and picky eaters and how to store things, how long things last in your fridge, um, how to repurpose your leftovers, how to mix and match all of the recipes to create completely different recipes out of the set, you know, set amount of recipes I gave you. So instead of serving that sauce with the burger like I do in the book, take that sauce and serve it with, um, you know, the steak on page 59, right? Yeah. Which exactly. really shows you how to get creative with any cookbook you have and how to maximize it. Because a lot of times we'll just look at a recipe and be like, oh, that has bacon and I don't eat bacon. I'm not going to make that. But this way you get creative and you're able to modify. You're able to mix and match things and, um, and really gaining kitchen confidence. And that is, I think, the key to being a good cook and being really efficient. Absolutely. No, you're right. And I think once you start to build up that confidence and maybe you just have like one or two go-to recipes that you know are amazing. I mean, I don't know if listeners if I've talked about how much I love that viral uh TikTok feta pasta uh dish, but it's so good. It's so I yet easy. to make it. Is that crazy? Oh my gosh, you have to try it. No, it is so easy. It's actually really really good right now in the summer because there's so many good cherry tomatoes yes, out there. It's a great um, way to use tomatoes. It really is, and it's so tasty. And as a matter of fact, um I was just talking to a friend and she was saying that um cuz the traditional one basically all you do is you take cherry tomatoes, a block of feta cheese, um, some garlic, olive oil, and then seasonings. And then you just roast it all for a while and it comes together. It's so tasty. Um, all in one pan too. All in one pan, best. right? Yeah. But um, dream. <laughs> just like so easy, not, like less to clean, et cetera. Um, and the traditional way that you serve it is over pasta. But one of my friends was like, look, my family also needs a little bit more protein. And she's like, we don't really need a lot of like starch like that. So what she does is she also... I guess she must use a bigger pan because I don't, the one I use wouldn't fit this, but she puts salmon in there. Um, and so, and then when she goes to serve it, she uses like quinoa or maybe just like some greens or like hearty vegetables and you don't even need yes. the starch. Um, That's a so, great idea. Uh, so like just thinking about ways, but, but I bring up the feta pasta example because it's so simple. You can modify it. And then it's just like, you're just, oh gosh, I, I don't have anything to, to eat or like, I, I don't know what to do. If you have some of those staples that you can rely on, then you're like, oh, great. Where are my cherry tomatoes? And I feel like, you know, if you're somebody that eats salads regularly, you'll probably have some cherry tomatoes around. I've actually even made that dish with um, canned tomatoes in a pinch. It's not quite as good, but you do still get the similar flavor. Yeah, so, definitely. you know, just being, but see that whole thing that I just talked about, I probably would not have been confident enough to like do the mixing and matching and things like that, like a few years ago until I really like started thinking about meal prepping. So I love it. I love to think about how the way you have, um, you've done this with your company, Dini, is like just thinking about 
you know, how to inspire confidence while also giving tips and tricks. I think it's so awesome. Yes. So like just a huge, oh, huge fan. Thank <laughs> you. You're so sweet. Thank you. And I, I think yeah. that's what you need. I never want to give anybody just a set of recipes and say, here you go. I really want to inspire you to keep coming back to the book, open it up to the page where, you know, you could get different ideas of how to repurpose your leftovers. Or I always give a million different ways to modify. And it really gets you thinking on how to make it work for you because everyone has such different preferences and dietary yes. restrictions. Like there's no one size fits all. And then just in general preferences, we could go to a restaurant and like, I'll love one thing. My husband won't like it. Right. We all have different taste buds. So yeah. being able to always modify, build your own DIY, um, is really is so essential to reducing your food waste and enjoying like homemade meals all week long, which is, is really the crux of the business that I, I created. And it came to me just because it was a need that I had for myself. Like I was not feeding my family. I was so frazzled. I'd come home, we'd eat yeah. garbage. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I was so jealous of my clients. Like you said, I was doing this meal prep for them and they were eating like Kings all week long. And I was like, why can't I just do this for myself? Right. There's got to be a way for me to do this. And yeah. And it came up with this system and it was really working for me. And I knew that it could help so many other busy families um, get through the week. Yeah, no, I love it. So um, before we close out, there's a question I like to ask all of our guests because I, I love hearing the, their different answers. And so the question is like, what is exciting you most about the conscious consumerism movement, how you're witnessing it, right? So maybe you're seeing it from, um, you know, your your spot at Prep and Rally. Maybe you're just seeing it from like your your neighbors and the people that you interact with on a daily basis in real life. Like what what is cool to you about what's going on with conscious consumers right now? Um, I just think the creativity, I just think everyone, I love that. Yeah. Really creative. And I mean, you see it all over TikTok and Instagram where I'm going to show you how to store your letters for the week without it going bad. I just think inspiring and sparking creativity is so much fun. And that's what fueled me to continue yes. doing what I do every day. I absolutely love that about my job and how I got into it. Awesome. Well, Dini, this has been an amazing conversation. Um, listeners, we were just talking before we started recording. I think, you know, we'd love to do more collabs in terms of video and stuff. So we'll we'll keep you guys up to date with, with some of those collaborations. We'll also include links um, in the show notes. Um, but thank you so much for joining us, Dini. Oh, thanks so much for having me. This is really fun. And I um, hope to see you soon in LA. Come visit. All right. I will. joining us on another episode of Good Together. To get show notes and more, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. Finally, don't forget to join in on the conversation with us on social media. You'll find us on almost everything at brightly.eco. Don't forget, we're all on this journey together. So have fun putting the planet first and stay curious.